Oh my God. It's oh. Wednesday. It's no, Wednesday. hold on. What day is it, is it Wednesday? Let me try that. It's Wednesday. Who knows? I don't know. What day does this episode come out? <laughs> what fucking day is it? <laughs> we had a real mess since this episode, Wendy. We just could not hold our shit together. I know. It's like we did this episode that we just fell apart. Oh, I know. Oh, I haven't. I haven't showered in weeks. <laughs> but that was before we recorded the episode. That right. has nothing to do with the episode. Uh, yeah, we're about to. We're very excited for this episode. Oh, I'm so excited for this episode. We're, this episode is a long time coming. Oh yeah, yeah. Boy oh boy, have we been hinting and poking and prodding at each other about this? And we've got our real life therapist. <laughs> almost, this, almost, almost therapist. Right. Almost therapist. Yeah. Well, that's it's the best we could do. We right. tried our best. And you know what? That's okay. Right. The therapist would say that's okay. Right. Well, we're almost decent human beings. <laughs> we don't deserve a full therapist. Just like we don't deserve a full anything. If that's, no, it's a real happy. It's a positive message. If you hang tight and listen all the way to the end of the episode, it's fun. It's in. I mean, it's a deep, deep dive. It, oh man! On everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what else is going on in your life? Well, I've let's, got. Let's start there. I know we want to do this the, the fun stuff up top because we feel like you guys are gonna start crying and be very upset and concerned with us. That's not true. This whole episode's fun. I just re-listened to it. It's a blast. It is really fun. I just get nervous when it's you know. You're, you're bearing your soul. Yeah. I, I understand. In a real way. That's how I walk around all the time. I know. How do you do it? It's rough. It's yeah. not easy being me. <laughs> I'm such a Kermit the Frog. Gee. No, well, no, you're a hermit. You're a hermit the hermit. Hermit the toad. <laughs> see, look at this. We're, see, look, therapy was good. Now we're having a great time. We're riffing about reptiles. The new, our, follow our new, well, first I want to promote our new offshoot podcast, Reptile Riffin'. <laughs> oh. oh, God. No, but I do have real, this, well, I'm, and I'm also loopy because I've been doing this morning radio show. I know. I've been I know. listening to you in the morning, which is crazy. And I've been calling you on it. So I want to, heads up, because it's still not open to the public. It's a new app. I think, I honestly think it's going to be huge. Um, I have an invite code and special for Jammers fans. If you guys want to sign on. I'm able to bring on whoever I want as a guest or a co-host. So if you're a listener and you want to be my... Oh my gosh, what is this fabulous app? uh, It's called Station Head. Uh, The app is called Station Head. There's a link to it in the episode description. And go on there, uh, download the app. The invite code is my name, Wendy Starling. You can create your own radio station. It's It's essentially a live streaming podcast. So... My morning show is Eastern Standard Time from 9 to noon, and you can log on, listen, and chat with me. I'll call you up. I had a listener that was my co-host for the last week. Yeah. It was great. And Steven calls in. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, I I have to admit, everyone knows I'm a huge snobbish dick, mm -hmm. but I'm really impressed by the tech on this. Yeah. Super nerd. And I have a station too, where but it, I just play music. Yeah, but follow Penta. So he's obviously he's the Penta. So Stephen and I are on that. So go to Station yeah. Head, um, download it. You can use my code or you can use Penta's code. Either of us have codes. Uh, use Wendy's code. Yeah, Wendy oh. deserves all the code. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but but you can follow me, and then I'll I'll put all the obscure music from guys we fuck that we get up there, and and a bunch of other stuff that is very snobbish in taste. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, go on, follow Stephen for music. I listen to Stephen Station, and I well, and I'm trying to. I gotta steal your music because my music sucks. <laughs> I'll make you a playlist. I mostly it's just all Counting Crows and Ryan Adams on mine. Poof. 
Yes, rough stuff. I, I mean, I, you know, Counting Crows had that, that album, that one album. Fuck you, they had a lot of really good stuff. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> Back to therapy. Um, but yeah, sign up for that. Hang out with us there. And then uh, Glamour Puss, if you are in New York, uh, Glamour Puss is Saturday, Dece- December, September 23rd uh, at Zinc Bar with my co-host Christina Hutchinson. We wrote the opening. It's going to be sick. So get tickets to that. Um, all the links to all that stuff is in the episode description. Yep. And we do have one quick jam a lamb. All right. jam We have a jam a from Felipa Amato in Portugal. Europe. Fancy. Europe sending in the jam I know. How fucking cool is that? We get. Oh, and shout out to to our car, our cartoonist. Yes, Annalena is killing it hard. Killing every week. She's been doing cartoons. I feel like we're the New Yorker. I know. They're great. And if you can see it on our Instagram at yep. Jammers, uh, at Jammers Pod on Instagram. Yeah, she does these great pictures. And she privately DM'd me a picture of a cheese shop the other day. <laughs> She lives. She lives in Gouda, right? Yes. Yeah, that is not a joke. I know. That is real. We gotta set up some kind of a tour. We gotta go to Gouda. Yeah. <laughs> we go to go to Gouda. Yeah, we gotta go to Gouda. <laughs> gotta go to Gouda. I can't believe I spit that out. <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> I'm very impressed. I can't believe I didn't make a terrible Gouda pun. I just. <laughs> I like the straight words. So, Philippa, thank you very much for your jamalam. Anyone else out there, if you would like to support us, that is how you can do it. You can go to jammerspod.com, buy yourself a jamalam. Yes, please. Thank you so much, Philippa. And when we come out to, I might be coming to Madeira um, in, in like a month or two. I'll let you guys know. Wow. I have a, I have a friend of mine, Elsa, lives in Madeira, and Holy I've been, shit. and I can go stay there for free with her kid, and it's a cheap flight. So if we do that, Man, you don't need therapy. I'll put... No, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Madeira to escape my problems. Oh, okay. It's an imaginary friend I made up. Wait, what's the show? Jammers. Jammers, the Selfish Health Podcast. Jammers. Holy shit, I'm Wendy Starling. Hello. I'm Megan Rice. And... Hey. Stephen Penta. And- Real stoked to be here. <laughs> Should we try to actually bring in guests and help people? Ooh. I mean, like, it's Jammers. selfish help. We made up a term. We can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> We're not pretending to be scary people. We are scary people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, that's immediate, my brain immediately went to like, oh, Wendy's trying to figure out what she can and cannot talk about. Yeah. You're like, oh, God, May- Wendy's going to confess some weird bullshit. <laughs> yeah, She's- exactly. Pretty been, much anything except intent. Yeah, perfect. Well, that's okay. good because I don't intend to do anything. Mm. I just let I go where the wind takes me. Well, so, we don't intend to release this episode. So. Right. Some, sometimes the wind gives you a knife and rams you into a person on the subway. It, it was not my intention. I'm a free yeah. spirit. So what was the intention of this episode, Wendy? Uh, well, the Serena's a therapist, right? Tra- training. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we started. Serena's our, our good, good friend that is training to be a therapist. Yeah. And I, well, I initially thought about this episode because we were at a party and I felt like Serena was psychoanalyzing me. <laughs> I feel like everyone's you, psychoanalyzing I me. I know. That's what we talked about this in the last episode. Steven, that's just called a conversation. To be maybe just to you, it's that's how you converse, but I'm always looking out. <laughs> Yeah, Go to well, level deeper. Well, that's we. Okay, so Serena, let's give, let's give Serena and the, and any new listeners who are just starting on this episode, they give you some backstory. So Serena, we had an org. Stephen hired a personal organizer to come in and clean out his place. 
which she also acted as a therapist. Now, it was very emotional for Steven to get rid of gear, okay? Not just cables. Gear. Most, it was mostly cables things. and a robot. No, it was cables and a robot. There were things from my past life that I needed to throw away. It was oh, a very what, emotional you were like, experience. Oh. Were you Cleopatra? What? Which past life are we talking about? The, yeah. The best what? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, all you guys. Listen, God I need it. to sleep. I like the sarcophagus in case I want to take a yeah. real nap. <laughs> in case I want to take a pretty Forever. lady nap. <laughs> So on the show, you analyze what's going on here. So what we do on the show, (laughs) I need help. I need help. So here's what we do on the show. We'll bring in an expert. You're the expert on this one, right? It's selfish help. So we try to improve ourselves. Right. Well, the follow up one, Megan and I were supposed to organize our shit. And guess what? We did it. And it took like half of a day. No emotional connection. No, No, not even. Steven was. I just threw some old shirts away. Yeah. She cleaned the bathroom that she has in the middle of the freeway, and then we each threw away some clothes. Well, maybe you guys just don't have all the baggage I carry around all day. Yeah. Oh, have you met us? We have a lot of baggage. <laughs> yeah, but we not. just... And what's, what's your baggage? Let's start psychoanalyzing Whoa. there. No, you can't, because you know what we do? We throw it away and get over ourselves. But <laughs> what we do is we take it in our brain, we lock it up in a box, throw it in a corner, and don't think about it again. Yeah. Is that healthy? <laughs> so we uncovered in these last two episodes... By decluttering our fi- our actual lives physically, we uncovered some emotional shit, huh? <laughs> Steven is shuddering. He's it, try- didn't, it didn't take a lot to uncover. No. So we're like, well, fuck. Now we got all these emotional problems. An episode that was supposed to be about how Megan and I decided between which shirts to keep turned into a real shit show. <laughs> and then we're like, uh... Yeah, we could use some help, maybe. Maybe we should, should bring in an expert. Yeah, so you need a we need to we need your help. <laughs> so tell us exactly what's wrong with Steven and how totally fine me and Wendy are. Um <laughs> Yeah, so here's the thing. So we 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 all need every, first of all everybody everybody can benefit from therapy, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. We went online and tried to do this ourselves. There's a lot of shit out there. Please help us figure out what we need and why like what kind of therapy is best. Steven, what have you tried? Oh, I've tried all sorts of shit. I know. I mean, have. are we talking about? I mean, I'm I'm pro therapy for life. Like I'm I'm neck deep in it. But I've had a really hard time finding therapists that I connect with in New York. And lately, I've been doing Talkspace because they sponsored podcasts that I like, and so I gave it a shot. Talk Wait, that's how you online. chose a therapist? It's, it's online. It's it's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, they, that was actually what I wound up doing. I've been doing it for six weeks now. This is like a texting somebody it's and they texting, text you back. But you can also do full FaceTime. Mm. So you can do you can do an hour long weekly FaceTime therapy session. Okay. So I've been doing that. The texting thing doesn't right R- really work out for me i don't know that would be my biggest problem with it because then it's sort of like oh, i'm texting i don't a friend, want I'm texting, texting a therapist yeah, like my therapist texting, texting smiley faces no, to me it's kind of weird right yeah <laughs> but i get it it's it's kind of nice when you're on the edge and you can <laughs> text your therapist in the <laughs> middle of the night i want to be a Should text you? therapist you're just like i feel like shit I, my frowny like, face <laughs> right you're just like i feel Gun sad emoji I think it might have something to do with my mom that's coming up and your therapist just sends you back 100%. <laughs> or better yet, a bitmoji. Yeah, a bitmoji or like the bullseye. <laughs> yeah. You know, I shit on it, but it's not bad. I'm not mad at it. On your also, phone? Ser- on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Serena, is it a good idea to choose a therapist based on the fact they advertise on a podcast you listen to? Is that. You know what? 
I'm not I'm not mad at it. I, I just you know because they were the one they were the one sponsor of guys we fucked that that doesn't give you the thing. You mm. know what I mean? Like they don't they sponsor all these podcasts, but they don't give everyone free therapy because that would be ridiculous. Right. So it was kind of actually it was bothering me. A so little we started bit. a podcast and we're like, we'll just bring our friend on and now we'll get free therapy this way, huh? <laughs> I see what we're doing here. But, you know, I will say, like, just because I'm, I'm a huge fan of podcasting, if someone's sponsoring a podcast, I'll try their shit out. Why not? Why would you not? Why would you not support companies that sponsor the things you love? So without actually knowing what it was, I actually had recommended Talkspace to a friend before because he lives out in Las Vegas. And it was like incredibly hard to find him a therapist who yeah. was worth anything who lived out there for some reason. It's like, you know, um, so I don't have a problem with that. But for me, I, I think like... Um, the experience of sitting face to face with someone, if you have the time, yeah. is is really important because there's so much that happens non-verbally also between people that I don't think you catch when you're just looking at a screen. Yeah. And I agree with that. But at the same time, like for me, because I think I'm a very I'm not a real deep dive. Mm -hmm. I don't need tons of work. I don't want to like go on meds. Like I just want surface therapy once mm -hmm. a week. That's it. So for Isn't me Isn't that what this podcast is? Yeah, you guys are really also, helping that, my shit out. That, well, hold on. Is that what you want or is that what you need? Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's what Serena's here to tell me. That's what I'm saying. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find I out. I could never do talk space even on FaceTime because I would be like here and then just underneath I'd either be doing the jerk off motion or like, <laughs> fuck yeah. you. Oh, totally. I would not. Yeah. 100%. Maybe we should analyze that. No, there's nothing to analyze. Except for your contempt for authority. Well, if you're going to tell me some stupid shit or not give me the drugs <laughs> okay. that I'm trying to get. By the way, authority. No, like you're looking at a screen. Yeah. That's not like that's not like she's running up to a cop and punching him in the right, dick. Right, like, right, right. But any, anyone that's trying to actively come into your life and help you, you're like, oh, this jerk off. Showing emotion. First, first of all, they're being paid, I assume, correct? This isn't just like someone. Oh, yeah. It's paid. Uh, some good Samaritan. Therapy. Right. Yeah, who's just so. like, listen, I've been, look at, I've been listening to every episode of Jammers. Uh, <laughs> I've been following you since you were 17, and I just want to help. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I can do jerk off motion to that somebody, right? I, if you find that person that's been listening to every episode of Jammer and is, is, is calling you personally to give you therapy, yes, you can jerk off motion that person. Hell yeah. Sorry. <laughs> But so now what's the, now you've looked for therapists. Have you ever gone to therapist, Megan? Yeah. When? Of course. When I was younger, when yeah. I, had, when I had insurance. Insurance is a motherfucker. <laughs> the only time I ever went was. Wait, wait, wait. But that, that's such a light thing. Like how long, what, was there something you were really working on? Yeah. How old were you? Oh, well, I went, I mean, like in high school I went cause I was just like an awful teenager. So my mom was like, you need therapy. And like, even my therapist was just like, Oh no, she's just a teenage girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, unfortunately, hate to break it to you, Darcy. Uh, you just have a shitty teenage girl. I, I mean, uh, I, there's really nothing I can do here. I did. Yeah. I did therapy hard too as a teenager and as a child. Did you go to therapy <laughs> oh, as a when child? You were, uh, when you were a kid, Serena, how did you decide to go to therapy? Yeah. So I went to a therapist when I was 15. And for what? I, because I had a difficult relationship with my parents. And I ended up going to see this woman that ended up sort of being like, yeah, like your mom sucks. And then we had a, <laughs> and she brought in my mom to tell her how much she sucked. And then my mom promptly pulled me out of that treatment. Oh. So your mom really well, was yeah, ready to, mom ready was to put in the work it. on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She wanted it to be all about me and, you know, couldn't quite handle it when it was 
uh, it was about turned her. out to be a relational issue. Right. And also mostly about her. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Now, that see, is you know, interesting. this is something that I have because my brother went to a therapist and they told him that when he was older and the therapist said the same thing. They were like, oh, it's because, well, your mom's a terrible person because like our parents got divorced and our mom left. But I now I take issue with that because I understand being like if you're like, oh, this person in your life is maybe a bad, a negative influence. But when they put all the blame on someone else, Mm -hmm. like with my brother, because he's a drug addict and they'd be like, oh, your mom's a bitch, cut her off. And he wrote her this letter and told her to fuck off. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, part of me was like, yeah, but the therapist would say that so that my brother will keep coming because if you have a drug addict and so this now here and I. And I, I believe therapy is good, but I also sometimes I feel like they're just yet you can get people that are just going to like fucking yes, you yes. And you mm-hmm. and tell you what you want to hear so that they keep getting your money because they basically well, told bad my, people in every profession. Exactly. Right. Yeah, like, and they and they told my brother, they're just essentially like, oh, yeah, no, your mom's a bitch and she left you. And so that's why you're on drugs and it's not your fault. And so you're a victim and there's nothing you can do. Hmm. It was. And then he wrote my mom this crazy letter and told her to fuck off and kill herself and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, well, wait, but I was also in that house and I was somehow able to get a job. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, but maybe if we swing back to Serena and hear out the rest of her story and how she progressed from that first therapist, then maybe yes. we'll see how you evolve into someone who's trying to be a good therapist. Right. And so I just get fired up about this stuff. And I know, <laughs> sorry. And I know if this was like an NPR show, we would follow the like in chapter two, but this is. Yeah. Sadly, an emotionally unstable person. No, I actually think it totally makes sense what you're saying, because it's also like, you know, the therapist didn't say like, oh, your mother is awful. It was more like that she tried to understand the way that I was behaving in reaction to what was happening in the house around me. Okay. So it wasn't like she was really saying like, oh, it's okay that you're this uh, shitty teenager. She was just saying like, well, maybe you're a shitty teenager because there's no place for you to express your like negative feelings. Right. And so then you're, she calls your mom in and was she going to try to do like a tandem thing? Yeah. And then your mom was like, Nope. She just couldn't hear it. And, you know, sort of left the session saying that that woman was wrong and she didn't understand her perspective and that she was taking my side. Had your mom ever done therapy herself before? No. Oh, (laughs) has she, has she now? She has not. And she continues to like, tell me that I should stop seeing my therapist. Wow. wow. What did she, how really, did she feel really, about you being a therapist? Yeah. Like you, you are going to be the thing your mom hates. She's apparently. actually come a really, really, really long way. And I think, um, you know, as I sort of talk to her more about what I do, she sees that um, I'm good at it and that it's rewarding for me. And I've actually like allowed her to read some of the things that I've written. And she's been able to talk about it with me. And I think she sort of, you know, come full circle with, with a lot of the stuff. And, you know, I don't think she would take any responsibility for any of the stuff that happened earlier, but it's sort of an acceptance and moving on kind of scenario. Yeah. And in your mind, when you look back at how you were when you were a teenager, do you kind of see like, all right, I was be like, when I look back at myself as a teenager, there's part of me that was like, yeah, I was the worst. Like I was a monster teenager. Yeah, but teenagers are monsters, right? And it's True, sort of exactly. parents. But role I was to... like really hardcore. I was evil when I was mm. a teenager, like undeniably evil. And I only connected with other teenagers that were kind of really hardcore about it too. So what you were like sacrificing virgins and like no, but cats I was. I mean, I was. I was like cutting and popping pills and like just just trying to dumb myself down to whatever. Yeah, but that's, 
I mean, that's normal teenage behavior, and also a coping the, mechanism. Yeah. Well, exactly. exactly. And well, what's the spectrum of? At what point are you like, okay, you're a teenager, and then you're like, okay, now you're being extreme. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's sort of a case I mean, by did, case. Did you did you have anything for for you personally that that you were kind of like, all right, red flag, Serena, hmm. you kind of. Um, you know, I think like maybe before I started doing the work that I do, I would have said that. So like, for example, you know, there were certainly times that I was like, oh, I just wish that like they died and I was out of this house and I could be free, you know, but sort of like afterwards looking back, it's like, that's very normative aggression. That was a result of like not being able to express to them how I really felt and not, um, them not being able to hear it in a way that would be helpful. Yeah. And I think like a lot of what, it you know, feeling like a monster as a teenager is one thing. But then I wonder, you know, to what extent is like, can the parents allow the kids to be sort of shitty, hateful monsters and tolerate it just like the same way that a parent has to tolerate a baby's crying yeah, and be able to sort of say like, OK, well, like you're just a baby <laughs> um, and sort of move on from that. I like that. Yeah. Because yeah, it's true. Teenagers are shitty. And if you right. if, if more people looked at it like a baby, cry, we're like, well, I didn't sleep for three days because my fucking shitty, dumb, idiot baby's been crying all goddamn night. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's a baby and it's not its fault. And I yeah. still love it. Well, that baby's going to turn into a shitty teenager. It's like, fuck you, mom. Yeah. You don't get me. Right. I hate you. You're a dumb bitch. I'm going to go smoke pot with my friends because I'm an adult. I'm 15. Like, well, no, that, it's like that's a kind shit, of the just crying like a of shitty years, 15. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and I think something, and this is. And so it, why am I still crying? Well, no, but here's. Well, <laughs> Maybe this because is, you don't want to go and into saying, the deep fuck stuff. Fuck you, mom. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. But it's so, and here's what is so interesting. All I want to do is go into the deep stuff. Well, but what's interesting is like, it's this reverse thing. And I had this epiphany when I was a teenager, which is why like I went to therapy when I was a kid and then I've gone to some therapist, but it's mostly just like. But I also, but it's the same as like when we did the episode of like getting rid of stuff. I like, I just get over it and I try to get over myself and like let go of the ego part of everything. And like, if I do something shitty, then I go, oh, well, I'm a human being and I forgive myself and then I get over it and I go volunteer or I go do something. Well, not to kind of microanalyze you, but you are always moving forward at like rapid clip. Yeah. And then the other thing too, and I realized this when I was a teenager, I kind of picked up on this. And it's like, if you're going to, like when I would sit and I think this is a normal thing when you're young and like, we're talking about like, you know, where you're like, well, I'm going to cut myself. Okay, great. You know, but if all you do is sit around, there'd be times where I would just sit around and be like, I'm a piece of shit and I'm this and that and I'm whatever. And even like when, and I've tried to release the anxiety in the, like when I stayed at Megan's, I've, I used to have terrible panic attacks and we've talked about it on the podcast, but when I was going to go to the beach with my friend Nick and I fucking freaked out and I was like, I would rather commit suicide than be on the beach. Part of you goes, oh, I have such low self-esteem, right? But then if you, the flip side is, well, if all you're doing is sitting around thinking about what a shitty person you are, actually, you think you're pretty awesome because you're the only thing you're fucking thinking about. So it's, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, this quickly goes from being like, feeling sorry for myself to being like, Oh, do you think you're a piece of shit or do you think you're so awesome that all you want to do is sit around and think about how how fucked up you are? Do you know? So I had that switch in my brain when I was a teenager, that epiphany where I'm like, okay, so, you know, like so and then 
shame spiraling is huge. And I, you know, I don't want to psychoanalyze because that's not my job, but shame spiraling. Please go right ahead. You know what? You can. I want Serena to psychoanalyze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's who I want to psychoanalyze. I, you know what? I will put myself out for this one. If you guys want to psychoanalyze all day, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, it's just this. This is like an interesting, like a fun. I feel like we're playing truth or dare right now. Like we're yeah. kind of, we're kind of like, all right. Oh, this is not, this will shit? not end fun. I get, <laughs> yeah. What, how much longer do we got? Like 45 minutes. No one's going to be having fun at the end of this. Classic analytic hour time. <laughs> I know. Well, do we want to go into, I feel like it's strange to have, I mean, do you want to, what do you guys want to do here? Yeah. This does feel like we're well, doing so, truth so, or dare. Serena, so now that you've, now that you've kind of, you know, progressed and, and you've mm. decided to study therapy and you're on your way to your doctorate and what, what do you do with, with patients? How do you begin? Like, where do you, where do you even start? Or, or just when you, when you meet a new person, do you have a hard time turning that off? Uh, turning what off? That, that the need <laughs> to analyze people. Uh, um, well, I think before you can analyze someone, you have to really sort of like get to know them. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, when people say at a party, like, oh, are you psychoanalyzing me? It's like, it's really hard to psychoanalyze someone based on, you know, a, a couple of things that they say or them being drunk at a party. Where you Is know. there, is there like a target amount of sessions that you kind of lay out the base work? It depends. Uh, different people are, you know, defended to different levels. Some patients like come in and there's uh, always something that's current events going on with them so that you can't really make connections to deeper things right. like how that reflects. So to, let's say like, I'm a raw nerve that just wants to get to work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Megan, you want to go outside and smoke? You want to come back? And- <laughs> yeah. Let's go have a cigarette. <laughs> We'll come back. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it, Steven. No, no, no. I I don't know. Um, No, but, but if you, if you really, if you make the decision where you're like, okay, I'm a fucking adult. I have been through this years, you know, years of therapy. Like I have the background. I just want to cut the shit and get to the bottom of like how I can be the most productive, how I can be, Mm. you know, kind of the best version of myself. If you're, if someone comes in ready to do the work, if somebody say, I don't know, Meven Menta, where to come in? <laughs> yeah, Meven Schmenta. Hypothetically speaking, I just made up. Maybe he's a thousand years old or thirty something. I don't know. Hypothetically, hypothetically, I'm a raw nerve. Hey, stop trying to work in any comedy bits. And fucking <laughs> can I, can I, can, sorry, Serena, sorry yeah. to steal your job, but I'm going to, um, <laughs> I just want to fucking psychoanalyze. Steven, you don't say like, um, like go to therapy, figure out like what to like, how to be happy. You're, you're re- like the best, what you said, how to be the most productive, right? You didn't oh, I'm say not trying like to be happy. To, I've given how, up. Happy is not in my. Yeah, well, it's a choice. And if you don't want to make yeah, that choice, but I'm just, yeah, like that's like Serena, how many, how many, how many therapy sessions go into just like breaking down the fact that Steven's like, oh, okay, I so don't want to be happy. I Serena, don't care. In your professional opinion, does someone now we're going to attack you with questions happy? apparently. Is happiness the goal of therapy? Self-actualization is the goal of therapy. Okay, so... Oh, nice. Define that. Let's... Yeah. Let's define that. Um, So I think that the more conscious you can be in the decisions and the things that you do, because you're not always going to be happy because we're living in this, like, kind of shitty world. Like, let's get real. Mm -hmm. So, like, stuff happens to you and it's all about sort of, like, observing your reaction to it. And if you can observe it, then you can uh, get a sort of a choice between like reacting in a way that you're conditioned to by your social environment and your childhood, um, and do so with a sense of like agency. 
Okay. And so it's all about that sort of moment of choice and the creation of a different reality for yourself. Ding, yep. ding, ding. Fuck yeah. I love it. You're speaking my language. You are speaking my <laughs> language. You have a choice. I, that's a meta dude. Keep going. I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to finish jerking off. I'm into it. <laughs> but the choice comes from a real deep understanding of like where you are then and acceptance of it. Right. So it's not, you know, sort of some of the cognitive behavioral therapies like to say that you can logic yourself out of a negative emotion or that you can make a choice to be happy. And it's not also that, like, I don't know that I quite agree with that. Keep going. We're all looking at you. Mm, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> no pressure. So like, but as far as like the choice thing, because Wendy's some- a big believer in the choice thing. Yeah. Because as far as like, Wendy, how did you come? How did you come across this philosophy? And, and uh, well, it's basic. Do you remember what stuck for you? Um, the well, it's something that I had an epiphany of when I was a kid because I can remember um, being like where people go, like, oh, perception is reality, and you're like, whatever, right? And if I was in a bad when I was in high school, when I started to have these um, like swings of moods, mm-hmm. and I would wake up and I would feel great, and I would go to class. And, um, I would walk in or walk out to lunch and people would turn and look at me. My friends would turn and look at me and I would, I was in a good mood and I'd be like, Oh, my friends are so excited to see me. Okay. Same exact scenario. Next day I wake up feeling fat and ugly and disgusting. And like, I wanted to die. Same exact scenario. And I would walk in and my friends would turn and look at me and smile. And I was like, Oh my God, they're all thinking about how shitty I am and blah, blah. And then I would behave as if I was like, I'm walking into a room of people that hate me because I was in a shitty mood. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is the same scenario. I am perceiving it based on how I feel and what I'm now projecting onto other people. So I realized that when I was a kid. So I was like, okay, so there's something to that. And then it just is something that I started with these wisdom cards. It's like, you always have a choice. And so if I'm upset or something shitty, I'm like, okay, so this is not ideal, (laughs) but... And I met, like, I lost my wallet. That's terrible. But then I go like, okay, so now what do I do? How do I, I can scream and yell and be like, fuck this. I'm mad. I'm drinking. I'm going to have a yip bed. And I was like, no, this is the situation you're in now. So what do you have to do to fix it? And I just can calmly assess whatever. And it's not always, you know, and it's a simple thing to say, like, choose to be happy. I wasn't, ha- I'm not happy that I don't have a driver's license. I'm not happy about it, but I'm like, okay, so now what's the... What good does freaking out do? Right. Mm -hmm. And I have more than enough panic attacks. Yeah, because I think think that's... I think losing your wallet is different than walking into a room and assuming everyone hates you. I, I, I think that those are... The way you make your brain be like, no, be positive about this. Those That's different. Right. And Do you so, know what I mean? Yeah. So if I walk into a room and if I'm feeling self-conscious or weird and I go like, oh, everybody hates me. I'm yeah. like, probably no one's thinking about you. And that's your own insecurity. And so I tell myself, OK, Wendy, that's coming from you. Right. The difference isn't that you're telling yourself to be positive. The difference is that you're observing your reaction emotionally and then taking a step back and being curious about it. And then sort of like uh, coming up with a different way to make meaning of it. Yeah. Something that I heard really recently, the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And I've heard a couple different people on a couple different podcasts. Um, I love Sam Harris, his podcast, Waking mm-hmm. Up. And he's a humanist and like and a materialist, like pure through and through. 
but I've heard something and what you just said, be curious about it. And that's mm. something I've been doing. And that's really helpful. Cause you're right. It's not the same as like, be happy, smile. <laughs> God damn it. I know. Cause Megan was like, Oh, you're a little positive. Like the other day on the phone, like remember I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And it's like, that's the Jerry Seinfeld thing. But like serenity now. And then the yeah. guy yeah. fucking kills everybody. Cause you're <laughs> denying. Um, but something that I started doing is, Instead of like going like, dope, smile, everything's you are positive. Where's your positivity thing? You observe the emotion or the feeling or the heart rate going up or the anxiety. And instead of going change it, I go, oh, that's interesting. And I try it. And this is what these people were talking about, where you step back and you observe it almost like an anthropologist where you go like, oh, that's interesting. Why do I feel like why am I screaming and yelling uh, just because I'm going to the beach? Like, that's insane. Right. But instead of beating yourself up about it, go like, OK, so why the fuck are you know? Yeah. Where does that come from? Right. So is that that's the curious thing. I think so. No. What is that what you do with your people or what? Yeah. So um, I'm being trained in what's considered like a psychodynamic psychoanalytic approach. And I think, you know, like more recently, the boundaries are sort of blurred, blurred between these things. Um, but a more cognitive approach would sort of be like, you shouldn't be depressed about this because uh, X, Y, and Z, right? Like, because you know that this person likes you. And so the idea is to logic yourself out of feeling negative things as opposed to noticing and wondering about them. Okay, come again? <laughs> so... No, because this is interesting. This is like, I'm, this is like exciting. This is actually helpful. (laughs) I'm trying to think of an example. It's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I like the example that Megan and I were kicking back and forth with is like, if you walk into a room and you assume like everybody hates me, right? Yeah. So instead of logicking your, so you're saying instead of using logic, like if I walk in a room and I'm like, everybody here hates me. And then. Because, yeah, if that's an emotion, so what would be the two options there? Well, Assuming everybody doesn't hate you in that room. (laughs) I think that's where it would be useful to sort of know more about, like, the patient's background, right? So then it would be like, um, you know, was this person raised in a way that, like, their parents made them feel like they weren't wanted? Or, like, that every time they felt vulnerable, they had to repress it? As opposed to like, okay, oh, pro- solved. I'll I'll Venmo you. Okay, great, <laughs> yeah. Well, can I here? I'll use the example like how Wendy, when you were in LA, like we never hung out, and our trip was like our trip together of like hanging out and being friends was ruined because you were convinced I hated you at the time. Yeah, correct. We- like, and I was trying to like. I was like, we need to get together and talk because like we went through some shit in New York and like we need to talk it out. And Wendy was just like, I have to work. I'm busy working. I'm busy working. I'm busy working. And because cor- like, correct, because yeah. that was but so right. that was her way of being like, right. well, you hate me now. And so I'm just not going to because you're just going to attack me. OK, so maybe then in that situation, the two different things would be like, you know, a more behavioral approach would say, like, list all the reasons why she doesn't hate you. Like she's trying to get together. She's trying to work this out. She called you um, versus like, what is it about my avoidance of the situation? And where does that come from? Yeah. 
No, it totally makes sense. Well, that was it. Well, we both, we're both so similar because we both did the same thing in the conversation that we had. Because when you were in yeah, New York. Yeah, when I left New York, I was like, I was like, Wendy fucking hates me. And yeah. like, I can't be around we, her anymore. Yeah, we both, after that trip, because there was like a, there was an initial, like a fight. And then that, instead of communicating, we both just kind of like shut down in our own separate ways. Mm-hmm. And then each of us interpreted that as like, Oh, we hate each other, which makes sense because we were both not speaking with each other. (laughs) So it's not like a mystery of like, gee, why did Megan and Wendy think that the other one was mad at them? Because we both stopped talking to each other and we were in the same apartment. So and then when we talked about it, it was like, oh, that was because we both were like, oh, the other one hates us. So we'll just stay out of their business. Well, and that's see, that's I think that's where we did because like where she like Wendy thinks I don't like talking but I do it's just you know difficult sometimes and so when she was in LA and I was like oh we need to get the, get together and like talk this out and because we saw each other multiple times but it was always in like a work scenario mm-hmm. so I would try and be like okay let's meet up and do this let's go swimming let's meet up an hour before we have to go do this you have to go do this thing or whatever and she would just be like oh I'm busy working time got away from me I'm busy working and like the entire time like we didn't see each other unless it was work related and I think that was where like I was trying I was like this can be fixed this way whereas you were I think incorrect me if I'm wrong like scared oh I was that it was gonna be yeah that it was gonna be like me being like fuck you like yep. you were gonna show up because yeah. you did she came over to our friend's house we we're having a barbecue all day and she didn't come until like an hour before her flight. Oh, I was like shaking and like vomiting and really mm-hmm. afraid that I was just like, I just thought it was going to be like she because assu- she assumed that like she was going to walk into like me and like people she's known for years. And she told she was crying. She was like, oh, you're all just going to laugh at me. Like I'm going to walk in. And you're all going to laugh at me. And I was like, no. Yeah. Like you showed up and I was annoyed because I'd been waiting for you for four hours. So like, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was annoyed when I finally saw you. It didn't mean I hated you. I was just like, what the fuck? And then that fed more into me being like, oh, yeah, she doesn't give a shit. Right. Well, yeah, but that's what we're talking about. And so that makes sense. And then afterwards, when I got back and then we talked on the phone and then we were like, oh, well, we both. okay, good. We were both, you know, like I was afraid. I'm I'm giving this to her as an example so she can psychoanalyze both of us and make us feel like real dumb. I mean, I think we've psychoanalyzed that this is why you are friends <laughs> because yeah. you're both on the other side of this doing you, 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 you're both having very similar reactions that are kind of the, the different, the opposite side of the coin. I mean, that part yeah. of that's what makes you two f- so funny together is because you, you very often are joking. I mean, you do the same things with jokes, right? It's like you, you approach things from completely different ways that the other one wouldn't have thought of. And right. That's what makes it. And so, we end up in the same, but, but it comes from a similar fucked place. Up, terrifying place. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that makes, but it makes total sense because especially what, well, that's why I made like what Serena said about if someone's like afraid that someone doesn't like them. And that makes total sense. Um, because you said that, you know, the parents, like my mom left and then my parents immediately got remarried and we went to therapy mm-hmm. where they, we were told by therapists, you're, you like, Oh yeah. My brother and I would go visit our dad and we'd come back and we'd be sad because we missed our dad. And my mom and stepdad would, I might cry because this is, um, and I'm also very tired, (laughs) but my parents, my brother and I would be sad 
And our mom and stepdad would come in and scream at us and pull us out and say, sit out here with us and don't be assholes. Otherwise, you're never going to see your father again. And my dad would call to talk to my brother and I and my stepdad would pick up the phone and go, hey, shitheads on the phone. So having grown up that way, and I had the similar thing when I was a teenager. My mom, so here's the answer as to why I have panic attacks. Uh, when I, So this is why, yeah, I was afraid I was going to get yelled at. And so that makes sense. I didn't realize that it was like, oh, if you feel unwanted as a child, um, you know, or if you constantly feel like you're, like you're, not, you're not good enough. So I, that was when I was growing up. Um, and then my mom also, like when I was 15, I was called into the office because that's when whatever bipolar, whether or not it's real, started to kick in. And I was up and up and up and I got called weird all the time and I lost a bunch of weight and people told me I looked good. And then I started like throwing up to the point my teeth were coming out and I got called in the office because I thought I was doing drugs because I lost weight so rapidly and I was being so spastic. And then when I was like, oh, I'm upset and I'm throwing up. And then my mom, who's very tall and thin, and I love her and we're close now, but she, the school called my mom. It's like, come get your daughter. Mm-hmm. And they talked to my mom. They're like, look, your, your daughter's gone. She's got like an eating disorder or whatever. And we think something's going on. And my mom was like, okay. And we got in the car and we sat there and we, she, we sat there. And I swear to God, it was like silent for beat. And my mom looked at me and she goes, uh, you're, this is not my fault. This, you're eating, this is not my fault. You're built like your father. It's not my fault that you gain weight and I'm thin. Okay. So don't even think about fuck. And then we drove off and I was like, all righty. So, um, so that makes sense. So that's my. <laughs> right. So how could you feel safe bringing up right. so something when, that was right. deeply effective for you? Right. And so it's just like, well, I'd rather just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's why. Yeah. That's as soon as that's why when I was like, oh, the example of everybody hating you when you said the thing about parents. That's why I was like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you feel like you've ever properly worked through all that stuff and kind of like no and whatever just, yeah I did do, yeah right do, now but right I know now. I know I know <laughs> quick do Megan but you, do Megan <laughs> I'm done I'm done but you when do fixed, you do do you take like, off your headphones and just go in the night <laughs> when you <laughs> fuck you guys yeah tap dancing down the street living life yeah but you do you do push push that stuff I mean you you push stuff and then kind of run to the next. Thing. like yeah but it's that. annoying because it's annoying right but it's always there unless you you take at some point do a deep dive i know and that's why we're doing this like, episode and i'm gonna do therapy and okay. then i'm not gonna burden my friends with it see boom do see Megan. that's another problem okay serena <laughs> this is a big problem i have with wendy because she has this constant like oh i'm burnt like so the big fight we had was i was really frustrated and upset and wendy went into talking about how my boyfriend hates her which he doesn't he hates all of my friends when we're together because <laughs> Two girls that have known each other. He doesn't just hate Wendy. He hates everyone. He hates everybody. Wendy, you're not special. He hates everybody. My high school girlfriend (laughs) comes and stays for three days and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill myself because like these two women are being really annoying. I get it. His friends suck too. Whatever. (laughs) But so she got like real pissed about that and was talking about how Preston hates her. And then I just lost it. And I was like, listen you're emotionally exhausting sometimes. And that was like a huge trigger. And that's what like all of this, like our big, huge fight and like not talking essentially for like two months, probably. Right. Mm -hmm. Like really talking. Yeah. Like regular friend talking. Uh, And it was because of that. And like, as soon as that happened, I was like, fuck gain shit. Like I just like said the wrong thing completely. Well, you didn't say the wrong thing because it's not a wrong thing to say if that's how you feel. But it's no, like, but it was, no, it was, but, when, it, when, but it triggered something. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is not against you. And it's something that has to do with what, you know. But when you have all those things kind right. of just under the surface. Right. And then something like that happens. It, it Right. And then it goes on this crazy spiral. Yeah. And then, um, you know. This is why people marry people that are like their parents. To work through all that stuff. Oh, interesting. Was it to work through it or just to keep well, making the same shit happen? Well, it's funny. Pretty, pretty much both to create a yeah. new, you know, it's to, funny to because, master it. Because you know, as I've dated perhaps. different different women, it's always kind of paralleled where I'm at at the time. Mm. You know, like it's it's always a, like when I was a teenager, I, I was dating just women that were like kind of as extreme. But one of them is a therapist now. And she was like a really serious cutter when we were teenagers and the whole thing. And then, um, you know, but I was so angry for so long because because i grew up with my father being a paraplegic and so i was mad at everything because the world wasn't fair and fuck right everything's fucked you know and uh but you just have to get to a point where you can work through it so it's not right there all the time so you're not like every little thing would just set you off right set you off well and that's part of even just like laying off the booze and the drugs has been really helpful you know oh yeah that's why i drew a hard line like it's, you know, people, it helps. Well, people think it helps right? because it's like an escape for a minute. But yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's not healthy. It's not a solution to anything. It's like a really shitty. It's like a Band-Aid that fell off once in your shoe and you put the Band-Aid back on and it yeah. like barely has any tack left on it. Like It's not really doing anything anymore. Yeah. And if, if I'm being honest, I mean, that's why I did such a hard out with drugs and alcohol when I was so young, because it was all just stuff that. Hmm. just it never did anything positive for me. Like all the positive things about booze, it was just like, I would just be deeply, deeply depressed, right. you know? And now that I'm older, I can just kind of accept like, okay, this is where I live. The world's not fair. This is the way I, I view things, but I can appreciate that and focus it into positive things without right. having to be, having to like force myself to be ha- like, be like, it's not okay to be happy. Like you need to find the good and positive and everything. No, like, Sometimes you're just shitty. Like sometimes I'm just shitty and depressed, yeah. you know, and that that's what it is. But I know that I've been alive long enough and dealt with it long enough that I know that I can get through it. It's just sometimes you right. need to be. How long, Stephen? A thousand years, fifteen hundred and thirty-seven years. Is because that I've been alive. You've been alive dealing Ten with it. Ten lifetimes. I mean, it feels like you're fucking dealing with it. For that's why. Serena, I, the, the little backstory: of, We just found out Stephen's a demon. Yes, it's no I, big in deal. The last He's episode, very old. I was He's a lived demon. A long time. Yeah. But that's why, like, the idea of being a vampire, wanting to live forever, I'm like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. You'd be the only vampire to find a way to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. No. Uh, easy. I found it. Walk out in the sun. Done. Right. Um, right. Easy. Easy. <laughs> no, but that's a catch-22 because he's like, they're like, if you walk out in the sun, you're like, he's like, yeah, but I don't want to go out with a tan. I don't want to look like a fucking... I don't really think I had fun ever. <laughs> yeah. I want to die, but I can't get rid of this pasty skin. I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> So I'm cured now, right? Yeah. So Megan, now can Megan. you tell, I know Megan's got, you can only see the top part of her thing. So Megan, you go. What do you what? want? The, what top part of my thing? My body? The top part of your face. Yeah. Really? Oh, no, no. I mean that you're upper with, because Serena was saying with the FaceTime. She can't connect oh. with your whole body. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. It's, it's like we're doing the dumb thing. Yeah. Are you oh, doing, I just realized that. We're uh, doing the thing. Are you doing Wait, the hold jer- on. 
let me, I, first of all, every time we do this podcast, that's why my forearms are huge. Cause I am constantly doing the jerk off <laughs> motion. Every I'm, time I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm jerking I'm, off my middle finger. So I'm flipping you guys off. I'm just jerking <laughs> off my middle finger. The whole every episode, every episode. It's been uh 22 strong, 22 okay. episodes strong. <laughs> all right. Oh, should I wait? Should we get off FaceTime? So I can just text you. So it's even weirder. <laughs> I know. No, so Megan See, go. But now Megan Meg tends to avoid. She's quick to make a joke and change the subject. I'm not avoiding. <laughs> what, do, what, what do we what do? we do? What, I did drugs for a long time. My dad's emotionally abusive to me and my mom. My parents are uh, uh, live together because my mom fucking lost all her money. So that's real fucked up. My mom's dying of cancer and my dad's an asshole. Shall I keep going? Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. But with no, all dude. my weird fucked up family well, shit. I think I think it's interesting the way you the way you the way you deal with things is to to joke about everything like that's the one thing that, that wasn't a joke I just no no I no no, no. it's it deathly I'm serious like, but the the way that you said it which, it's like which part well, was funnier like which should I tag it which should I tag it with yeah. my dad's yeah. a psycho my dad's tag? an asshole or my mom's a cancer where should I do the cancer mom she, or the she isn't ass- a cancer she's just filled with it my yeah. mom's a lovely lady just ravaged with cancer which is a funnier part of that joke because yeah. I want to end on the bigger laugh should yeah. I do asshole well, yeah. dad where should I open where should I close Wendy quick think of a tag I could shove in there I know I'm trying to Oh God! There's there's got to be some kind of a chemo call. We'll think of one. We'll work. We'll think of one. It. We'll get. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to it. I'm trying to think. Of, we'll table I it. I know, Megan. To see, I didn't plan ahead because Megan had a good story to illustrate my psychosis and mental instabilities. I didn't plan that ahead either. It just came to me. I felt a bit like a couples counselor. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was something that we did, but that's a but that's like a that's a classic and a good example of like. But when we talked about it, and I was like, okay, and then then I just was like, all right. But there's an interesting thing of like the shame spiraling because you can go, you know, like I felt like, and then I felt like a double triple asshole when we talked about it, and then I was like, well, now I feel like an asshole that we didn't talk about it earlier. And then yeah. I was like, well, I should just kill myself. And then it's like, okay, but at some point, if you're going to move forward, you have to be like, okay, so this was, here's a mistake that, uh, like, communicatively, we made a mistake, like, as mm-hmm. a, I mean, because we're not, I mean, we're not legally married, but, you know, spiritually. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I mean, you guys probably could put couples counseling theory to work for you, right? I mean. I think any friendship could, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's the same thing. It's an interpersonal relationship. We mm-hmm. just don't fuck as much as we used to, yeah. like any relationship, which we can work on. Yeah, that's why we that's the real reason we're doing this middle finger jerk off thing. That's how we secretly that's, how, that's like our, our FaceTime conjugal visit. Yeah, exactly. We're Skype. We're Skype fucking on the podcast. That's the only reason we started the podcast. We're like, how can we show each other our tits, but not but like well, not make it I, weird? That's why I never wear a bra on the podcast. It's not because yeah. I'm a real lazy, gross lady <laughs> that hates wearing bras. It's just because I'm like, Wendy knows. I send her a text. I'm like, didn't put on a bra or underwear again. Get today. ready. And she's like, Ooh, I'm not going to see it, but I know it's there. You know, it's not, it's not even that hot in L.A. She's just been she's lying and she's just rubbing ice cube on her nipples. Like, it's so hot. I'm so warm. <laughs> and oh, it's going to so drip warm these. here. <laughs> so, Serena, how would you approach this as a first step couples counseling sesh? 
Um, I think that was a good start. I think we'd have to talk about the sex at some point. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I think I, I think you're beyond help. I need. To- <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly think we've probably talked about the sex enough amongst ourselves. I know with Christina and I, that's actually really funny because whenever I whenever I talk to my therapist now, it's like talking about sex is the last of our fucking problems. Like all we do is talk about sex. Like people, to, it, it's gonna happen. Yeah, we have to. You and your therapist, or you and Christina? Me and my therapist and Christina. <laughs> Like our therapist Ooh. is like and are, anyone I, who ever has talked to Steven for five minutes. I mean, it's kind of weird how much it comes up in my life these days, but, but <laughs> that's like the last of our problems. It's all the other stuff that we kind of push aside because mm-hmm. we're like, well, we get to talk about the sex stuff. And then, you know, it, it's a really easy thing to slip into where it's like, well, we could just talk about fucking. So you're using that as a defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you use it as something else that you can, well, we can, you know, we're doing it's like because we're so good at talking about the one thing that most couples are bad at mm. blocking we kind of just celebrate in that and then don't talk about like <laughs> and then everything else falls yeah, right. to the ground you know all the other core communicative stuff you need in a relationship <laughs> after six years that kind of will fall apart unless you especially because like the dynamic the entire dynamic of our relationship is flip-flopped mm. in a year you know it's fucking hell crazy. yeah chicks rule dogs drool <laughs> <laughs> I think dudes drool. I was going to say, you could have said boys. That. Yeah, boys. I know. I thought about that. I was <laughs> why, like, no. Nope. Why am I a dog? Instead <laughs> yeah. of saying cats rule, dogs drool, which like, yeah, also, because we all know all cats are girls and all dogs are boys. <laughs> we all know that that's scientifically factual. I know. That's why it's called a pussy. Put a tag on it. <laughs> Stick it. Wow. <laughs> No, like tag Stick. it like a wild animal. Yeah. Tag it like a wild animal tag so it. you know where it's been. Tag that. Stick that on your trapper keeper, huh? <laughs> Lisa Frank can suck my glittery dick. Oh, I am man. in now in the close to the eighth hour of speaking on podcasts. I'm losing my fucking mind. And I cried. That was good. That's very emotional. Good teamwork. <laughs> it was heavy. Good team. Teamwork, bro. Look at that. Oh man, I feel Those so emotionally drained. I'm excited that you let that out. I think that was. I'm good. not. It's fucking annoying. No, I know, but you you always <laughs> think that. Yeah, anytime you talk about real emotion, you think you're burdening everyone, and we're all exactly like, that's by it. annoying. It's, it's, it's that's not. Annoying. It's actually. I kind of appreciate it because you know it's well, there. Yeah, but then also, if I look at the track history of like with, but if I look at the, but but again, and this is something that I'm like, re- I'm like releasing. But if I look at the history of the times that I have let stuff out emotionally like that uh, with like in relationships mm. and stuff like that, it's backfired where people are just like, whoa, lady, too much. Fuck off. And then I and so that's why I yeah, think that's and then why you shut down. You emotionally shut down, which is what you did when we finally did talk and like right. let it all out on like a big conversation. And she was like, OK, well, just you call me. And I was like, well, no. Like you call me and Wendy was like, well, no, I'm not going to call you because I'm going to assume that you don't want to talk to me unless you call me. But maybe it's not so much about letting it out and having an emotional experience, but about the the creating of links between things. So like what we did when we talked about what happened with your relationship, the two of you is we connected it back to like something that happened when you were a kid. Right. And that goes back to the dynamic of, um, making meaning and understanding that I was talking about earlier as important, like in and of itself. No, it makes sense. No, it totally makes heavy callback. Yeah. But it, but it makes sense. And so, yeah. And then when we had the follow-up conversation, um, 
Oh, yeah. No, I was like just terrified because like I said to Megan and I'm not trying to like be dramatic. And I wasn't like when I was telling you, this, I wasn't trying to be like, feel sorry for me. I was being on a lot of times yeah. because what I say sounds so gnarly. People are like that's pretty gnarly. But I'm like, well, I'm just being honest. So I can either not say it or I can say it, you know. But I was honest with but I was honest with Megan. And what I just said is true. When I when that's happened before in um, friendships and relationships, I don't have a lot of super close friendships because when that happens, people go like, whoa, lady, too much back off. I, I can't I can't handle all mm-hmm. that. And so then I logically respond if someone goes, that's too much for me to handle emotionally. My logical response is, OK, so then I will not unload on you. Mm-hmm. And so then but then when I go like, OK, sorry, then I'll like pull back. Then I get the same. So I've had that happen before in relationships. So they're like, well, but yeah. don't pull back completely. And I'm like, well, but you I just you just got mad or like upset because I unloaded. And so then I'm like, well, then I don't know what to do. Well, then where do those feelings go? Right. So then I feel like I'm stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Um, but it was good with Megan because normally those were in like. You know, a lot of relationships and then a lot of people, you know, when you're not when you don't have close friends, a lot of people, they just don't give a shit. And so they're like. I would like shut down and then people like, all right, great, good. (laughs) Like, and then you just don't see them anymore. Um, but Megan and I were like adult enough, um, to like have a conversation. Oh yeah. I remember I was just like, okay, well call me when you want to talk to me. And she was like, what? She's like, no, no, no. This is like, I'm not doing that. Like you call me, like we're friends. Like when you want to talk and it's still like, we just had another conversation. What? Like three or four weeks ago. Cause I had just been calling Wendy and like the only time she'd call me is if she was calling me back. Yeah. And I do that like with my parents, my mom and, she and dad was calling me like yeah. she used to. And I was like, and I just told her, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I, now I feel like you don't want to be friends because you're not reaching out at all. Yeah. Well, and I, but like, that well, also, but that also that I do that with my parents too. I get, when I get super depressed and my brother does that too. Um, but that comes from, and I know, and I know right where that comes from too. Yeah. And so- I, But I guess like, is there a way in which, you know, having had the experience of this fight and the repair that happened afterwards, like, is there a way that that made your relationship better or different? Um, I I think it made it different. I don't think it's worse or better. I think you're still working through it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I think it's different. No, I think it's different. It's different, but something that I think I've noticed is like, it's more open communicatively and it almost feels like, do you know, when you first meet somebody and you're just like fucking all the time when Megan and I first met, we were just like in each other's face constantly and fucking all the time and fucking all the time. <laughs> but it was like nonstop laughter every five seconds, constantly around each other, around each other. Yeah. And in any relationship after like three years, that's a burnout. And then you're just like, get the fuck. I, this bought, I don't like that hair on your fucking lip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I Wait, think are we, you saying saying I have a mustache? Because I don't. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's then one you place move, I, I mean, don't have hair. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like where, with where Christina and I are at now. Then you move into this next phase of your relationship, which is, you know, it's not as fiery, but there's so much comfort there and you know each other so well. But it takes a different level of communication to maintain. Right. In, in that arena. And especially. Well, it's different. Us- Huh? Well, no, it's just, it's like any, every relate. We talked about this before. It's every relationship, right? Like yeah. it goes through and stages, other- like relationships change and evolve or de-evolve. Like they might, it might not be for better, but everyone's going to change and get older and, you know, eventually die. And I think right. that's, that's what's so beautiful about adult relationships because like, like with me, like 
I love people that live in extremes. You know, oh, the, I, I'm yeah. glad you finished Fucking. this. I was going to call bullshit real hard. When, yeah, you, I love people. No, you don't. No, I was no, no. Be like, that, okay. no, I, no, I do. I do. Show's over. I'm, I'm going to yell. I'm going to yell into all the mics for this. But then he said it lives in extremes. And I'm like, and now I'm back. I love, board. I yeah. love the nuance of all Everybody people. Everybody get out your pentagrams. <laughs> but I'm particularly drawn to people that like, like, just live it all the way. You know what I mean? They go hard. And when you deal with that, you deal with all this, this vast array of, of ups and downs and everything else. And I think as adults, you learn how to work it out. And that just goes in waves. Like what you guys are going through with your friendship right now, where it's like, it's not as pure and fun all the time as it was, but now you're working through it. And I think if you can get through that, it ultimately makes you stronger and better friends. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't think it's like, like, like working through it. It's just, like any relationship, if you if you're friends with someone long enough or you're in a romantic relations, like whether it's platonic or romantic, like if you're with someone long enough, like you're going to go through some shit. Yeah. And if you if you don't, then it's not a real relationship. Like if you if there's no big and I'm not necessarily like a big blowout, but like a big emotional be it positive or negative thing that happens, like it's got, that's just superficial relationship. Like there's nothing happening deeper there Mm. that where it's not serious enough that, or, you know, if you go through something and you just wash over it you're like, Oh, it's whatever. It's fine. Right. Like that, that then it, it, I think it takes away from the importance of that relationship. I think you guys are really talking about like, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, there's a lot of, fantasy almost that happens so like both people are um idealizing each other we a lot mermaids. and seeing the good when things. we met we were mermaids <laughs> yes it's true beautiful it's true. perfect mermaids oh you mean a fantasy like uh creating a bed and breakfast slash comedy club <laughs> it's not a fucking fantasy that Called is jam i have jam in my cupboard right now <laughs> oh, oh you mean oh you mean constantly referencing a bed and breakfast that we're gonna open in vermont where we specifically sell j- because yeah. they can only nowhere else, only Vermont, maybe right. Denmark. No. Call jammers that we then held on to and made it the name of a podcast that we Skype at each other. <laughs> a lot of people will be like, oh, you live in different cities. Oh, maybe next time. Maybe we'll do a podcast. We, we are doing a podcast. <laughs> we are doing a podcast together. We are long distance podcasting. Oh, you mean that? Could that be? Could we nah. have stuff? No, Wendy. Nah. No, don't. Nah. That's not a fan, nah. is it? That's very nah. realistic. Nah. I mean, like at the end of the day, the person has always had that weird mustache, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not you, Guys, I don't May. have a fucking mustache. I'm really upset about this. My armpits and my pussy are hairy. Everything else, very, very Prove hairless. it. Prove I will. It. Prove I will. It. <laughs> so I think it's really interesting that that just by the nature of having Serena here and having her kind of lay back in the cut and let you guys talk and work things out, we've got into a conversation this this intense. Um, but isn't that therapy, first of all? Isn't that, that like is the job of the therapist to sit there therapy. and be like, fucking so Serena, talk about it? My question for you is, yep. for 
our listeners probably cannot afford a lot of therapy. Mm. Like it's expensive. <laughs> it's hard to deal with. It's hard for us. It's hard for me to afford therapy. Our podcast host can't afford therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's be real, Stephen. Don't shove this yeah. on the listeners. No, that's like, totally true. Our like, podcast we, listeners. We personally. They emailed us. Might be projecting. <laughs> they can't afford therapy. We, we can because we're very wealthy. We're all very wealthy. <laughs> but my point is, um, for you as a human that's just now kind of transitioning into being a therapist, but also recognizes very much what it's still like to be that teenager, what are the things you can do with your friends and family that lead to these conversations that kind of get you to that place in a way that's kind of selfish, healthy, that that is productive and, you know, good, like really helps you get to this level of shit? How can you make your friends better therapists? I mean, just if you're trying to do self-therapy. Huh? <laughs> I'm going to ask a better question because I think self-therapy is a lot of bullshit because uh, I right. think it's helpful, honestly, just to have you here just as just as a third party, hmm. right? And we, that was like deep conversation. Megan just got, we just, I mean, it was like, thank you. That was, I mean, that was, was really helpful. It was couples therapy. And it's just nice to have a third. I've never been more turned on right now. I want to fuck you so bad. I, I just really I, feel like we really, we really broke through something. Here. I am going to lick that screen as soon as we get done with this. <laughs> and by like, I mean, wipe my giant clit on, drag it around there. Well, it's the same size and shape as a tongue. I like know. a large, like a cow's tongue, like a, oh, like a calf's tongue. I don't want to be rude. It's spotted. Yeah. Like a little puppy. Like, yeah. a little, like, a little, like a German shepherd. Like a German shepherd puppy. Spotted. It's spotted. I'm part it's Dalmatian. Yeah. It's got those black spots. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm a part Dalmatian. It's like a deep, a deep red <laughs> black spot. It looks like a ladybug. It's like a ladybug shell. But like if a ladybug like, like, like went into Honey, I Blew Up the Kids and became like a giant ladybug, right. then it was, yes. And the inside flaps of my labia are spotted too. So if you're lucky, I'll sp- the the ladybug will spread her wings. <laughs> oh, that's what we're well. That's what we're calling those from now. <laughs> Labial wings. Yep. Wow. Question. No, I'm gonna ask. So I, it's not because I think I think it's. I'm gonna ask. Uh, so and money out of the question because you can find people on a sliding scale and with with talk space. If somebody wants to get a therapist, okay. Um, Cause I'm like actively looking for, I'm going to start like, I guess going on therapist dates. Cause you have to find, like you said, you have to find someone. So what's a good resource? Like where can people go to find out like in there? Cause not everyone's in uh, New York city or Los Angeles, but like where it's a good resource for people. If they're like, Hey, I think I might, might want to go to therapy. What's a good um, place for them. Question. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, I get asked often by people in like various parts of the country uh, if I have a referral for them. So if there's friends that people have that are therapists, um, they usually have like really great networks of people that they can reach out to. And even in my listserv, which is local to New York City, we often get questions about, you know, looking for a therapist in X city or place, even internationally. So that's a great resource. Um, And then I've found my own therapist on Psychology Today. And I would say another one, if insurance is a concern, is ZocDoc. ZocDoc? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's an app. um, And you can find psychologists and psychiatrists on there and you find them based on your insurance. But like you said- Is that Z-O-C? Yep, Z-O-C-D-O-C. It's a website and an app. Cool. Mm -hmm. And so then you go in there. Now, do do therapists, do they do like a free first session? 
So usually um, I would, I always say that you should ask for one and they would either do a free consultation or a free phone kind of check-in so you can get a vibe of the person or they'll do like a reduced fee consultation usually if you, if they're not like some big shot. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I think you do also have to know a little bit about like different styles, different approaches. It's worthwhile to think about if you want a man or a woman and then to ask yourself why you might want a man or a woman. Um, what are the things is it that always you... a sex thing? Is it always a sex thing? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, different people might feel more comfortable. So like uh, women who have experienced rape might feel yes. more comfortable See, speaking okay, to a female I mean, yeah. therapist, for example. Um, but, you know, I think there is it's worthwhile to consider both options. Um what was the follow-up? I'm curious. What, what besides male, female, what are the mm-hmm. other things that, that you really, to just kind of talk about? Um, if you're using insurance, obviously you would be checking if but they more take like, insurance. More like types of therapists or, mm. or are there different approaches or there different labels for, yeah. for the type of therapist? Yeah. Um, so I would say like there's a really big divide in the field that it both at times feels like a divide, you know, between sort of the cognitive behavioral styles that we talked about earlier and then the sort of psychoanalytic, more relational styles. But I think even in the way that I talked about it earlier, it's like a bit caricatured because generally... I like to believe that people are able to work integratively and sort of like meet the patient where they're at. And if something's not working, that you should be talking about it. Um, But like, for example, there's also therapy groups and then there's certain therapists that um, would assign like homeworks or medication. So it depends on the kind of treatment. And it's it's hard to sort of like know these things as a person who's first time seeking therapy. that's That's more things that you would work out. Yeah. After your first session or like that you would talk about in your first session. Right. Or like if you were seeing the person for a while and you were sort of like, why does this guy keep like telling me to write down my how many times a day I feel depressed, you know, yeah. um, or how many times I check my phone or whatever. Um, and I, I think it's sort of more a question of like being able to sort of uh, stay open yourself and to say like, oh, okay, like not really happy with what's going on with this therapist. And then first bringing it up with them and seeing what they think about it. And then if there's a resolution, stay with them. If not, get a referral or go somewhere else. It's it's very much like coupling, dating. Yeah. I got dumped by my last therapist and it really just Hold on. What? Wait. That. My last therapist. Don't you? I, I just. Wait, is ugh. still a practice? Like didn't retire? Is still a practicing She's therapist? Still a pra- was like, she, was, she was like, she was like, she was like, I don't think we should see each other anymore. Get that. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, hold on. Uh, yeah. That's. <laughs> How because, long ago so, did this happen? <laughs> this was last year. Last year I was having a really bad depression thing and I was kind of mm-hmm. trying to work through my job stuff and I was just in a bad spot. And so I really like got a therapist, was really kind of struggling to afford it, was kind of frustrated with it, you know, and uh, saw her for probably six months. And every week I would go and I would come back and I would talk to Christine and I'm like, I really don't think me and this woman see eye to eye. It doesn't feel the things that she's referring me to, to read are kind of not really in line with Mm, who I am, or I don't feel like she's listening to me. I feel like she's just, we're not on the same page about a lot of the stuff that we're discussing. Um, and Christina was like, no, no, you're just, you're not giving it a chance. You have to really just do the work and put in the time. So I was, I wasn't really bringing it up with her. There were a couple things cause I do wear everything on my sleeve and I talk about everything like this. So, so like I probably conveyed to her that I was a little frustrated with it, 
But <laughs> it, after a while, she was just like, I don't think we're going to accomplish anything else here unless you want to like talk about medication or mm. yeah. And then it was kind of, and then it was a year of like, did you, did you say, therapist. did you try to get medication? Uh, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm really anti-medication. Right. Did she refer you to somebody? Did she refer you to somebody else? No, she was just like, I don't really think she was like, if you want to try and find someone else, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure she would have, Yeah. but I was so, it was like getting dumped. And in the moment I was so mad that I was like, fuck you, fuck this. I tried it. I need to fucking cold turkey this motherfucker mm-hmm. and just deal with my shit myself. I'm not that fucking depressed. You know what's wrong with you. You know what you do. You know what I mean? Like, just suck it up. And she was like, we got to break up. And he's like, why? And she goes, are you familiar with the term foobar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So did you go to somebody else after that? Or? No, I didn't. I, I for 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 a year, I was just like, fuck that i don't want to and and i was honest i mean i was i'm also in a place where like i'm not so depressed like yeah. this isn't my first time around this i mean well you got us now yeah we, no that's what i started oh, yeah. that was about you know that i started jammers <laughs> and i'm like well i'm doing just fine yeah relative to these See, two and, assholes. and now you started therapy again because you started doing it with us and you're like oh jesus this is <laughs> oh, so much it, worse than it, i thought it was gonna be yeah but anyway what would be so no, until until now I'm trying my talk space thing. I'm trying to get therapists outside of New York and seeing. Did she ever say that she felt like things weren't going well before she dumped you? Maybe I have some listening issues. No, I don't I don't, I don't know. I didn't I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I don't that might be part of the problem. I mean, I feel like I feel like we were both giving each other signals. But I was really trying to, because I was coming back and then I was getting this reinforcement from Christina, like, Mm. she was like, no, I really want you to see this out, you know? So I was kind of, I kept pushing it kind of down and not, not really firmly addressing it. It sounds like neither of you really firmly addressed it. No. Yeah. Well, cause she still wants me to pay her, but then I'm also like stressed out about the payment, you know, like, you know, so it's. But also like you need the therapy. Yeah, I could, probably could have used it there. Well, but I also, I, I think that was part of it too. Like, I, I, I honestly felt like she thought that I was boring. Like, I was a boring case. I think if you had talked with her about that, it would have either come to a point of, you know, uh, this is an unfixable rupture and we really don't see eye to eye and we're a bad fit. Yeah. Or like a really deep realization about why you feel like that and whether or not that was realistic or fantasy. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. Did you feel like that then? Or is this, or you feel like that now after? No, no, I definitely, I definitely felt like that. Then then. why don't you say it? But then you get dumped. And like with my Mm -hmm. mentality, when I get dumped or like someone's just like, no, I don't want to work with you or it's a work thing or whatever. I'm just like, okay, just move on. Yeah. I mean, there are such a thing as a bad fit, you know, it might just not have been a person that you felt comfortable with for whatever reason. Yep. And that's a, a valuable point of discussion. Sure. I'm a bad fit. <laughs> I'm a bad fit for this world. No, it's not. You know, sure, no, here, no, this is interesting. No, this is interesting. No, and I'm not a therapist, but I now hear me out, and I could be way off on this. Please. But I feel like I, I mean, lo- pro- oh, no, you just look and sound drunk the way you're moving. And I know you're stone cold sober, but the way you're moving your head and the bottle of water in I'm- your hand, <laughs> it's like, listen, I'm- I'm- I might not be a pro- 
professional than I was in my teens. I look like the drunk aunt. Oh, the more sober I get, the more crazy yeah. I'm going to act. My hair, I look like a fucking lunatic. All right, let me have it. Where are we um, going with this? No, no, I'm not letting you have anything. See here, this is what I was going to bring up right now. Okay. What did we addressed with my shit earlier, right? That my whole life, I'm like, everyone's against me and people don't like me and all this kind of shit. So when I'm projecting that, even if it's not the case, that's what I get back. So if I believe that Megan, like when I was in that, I was like, Megan hates me. So I start behaving as if Megan hates me and I act out of fear. And so then I cancel plans and I avoid her and I avoid her. Well, so it's like, okay, what may not have been the case at the beginning. Well, now I was being such a psycho and a cunt and blowing her off that when I did see her, it's like, well, now I am irritated with you, right? So you made it the case by sticking your guns. Now, self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. And I did that with my boyfriends and I was just like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. And they're like, well, if you think that way about yourself, then you behave that way. And then then people start to treat you that way. Right. And so with the gift of like the, you know, with Megan, where I was super uncomfortable, but it was like, we still like, like I had to force myself to just like admit like, okay, so this is wrong and swallow my fucking pride and get over sticking to whatever story I've told myself my whole life is like, no, everybody does hate me. And she's like, okay, well, that's not true. And I'm like, call me when you want. Okay. Well, that's okay. Well, no, because we're friends. <laughs> well, that's not a friendship that doesn't work that way. I'm not right. doing all the work here. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then I just had to get over myself and be like, okay, I can do, I have a, I have a decision to make here. And this decision that I made on my own, I was like, okay, so you have to decide, like, is it embarrassing Hmm. to go like, okay, so I've been my whole life operating under this, uh, right. Under this belief that I'm a shitty person and that nobody wants, you know, when I, I, whatever, 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 and I'm a burden and all this kind of stuff. Okay. So what has that resulted in, in the past? That's not good. And so I'm like, okay, well, I love Megan and I don't want to lose this person in my life. And I'm like, okay, so now I have a decision. Do I behave the way I have the rest of my life with the other handful of close relationships I've had, including boyfriends or try something different? (laughs) Like, okay. Instead of following the same train of thought, which is like, you're right. I'm just a piece of shit. Go like, okay, no, no, no. How about you listen to the person that has been your best friend for three years when they tell you, no, this is actually how I feel as opposed to whatever is going on in your crazy brain based on whatever the fuck somebody did to you. And then I chose to believe Megan and listen to her. And I was like, okay, so shut that part of your brain off. And then by doing that and getting out of my own head, then it's like, oh, then you start to turn the corner. And it still was weird sometimes. And I would feel like nervous calling. I'm like, okay, this is all your shit from when you were a little kid. And then, like you said, observing it. And I was like, so observe that. I go like, oh, that's interesting. You're behaving as if, Meg, you know, you're behaving, you're responding to Megan as if she is everyone in your past who's ever. But it's like, okay, but that's not who that is. Mm-hmm. So it's going to feel weird, but you just go through the motions well, it does make it a self-fulfilling process. It's like when we talked about, you know, like when I, me and Preston started dating and I was like, oh, he's got to be a serial killer or something because he's like a really genuinely good and person. Then he and, murdered, he likes like, seven- Something's, <laughs> he, and then he murdered my entire family. But I was like, <laughs> but it was I, like, I was convinced and for like the first year together, I was like, oh no, he's going to figure out that he's making a mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to ride this out. But like, I don't deserve a guy who actually like cares about me and loves me and isn't a piece of shit. And it's that same thing. It's because every relationship I've ever had has been with like shitty, shitty dudes. 
So when like a decent dude liked me, I was like, oh, no, this is a mistake. It wasn't it wasn't like, oh, no, I deserve this. Like, I deserve to be with someone who like loves me and treats me with respect. Instead, my brain was like, oh, no, no, you're a dumb idiot. And like, clearly he's maybe he's like just suffered a concussion or something. He'll come out of this (laughs) like he's going to figure it out and he's going to run away. And that it took like a year to shut that down. So, I mean, it's the same thing. And it going, every relationship is a relationship, whether it's romantic or not. And it's 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 basically forcing yourself to change those behaviors. Right. Those negative behaviors that are learned. Like yeah. you weren't we weren't born with like me being convinced that like every I only deserve like heroin addicts and homeless people that hit me. You know, <laughs> like, right. And you weren't born with like, oh, everyone I love in my life is going to leave me. Right. Like that's like learned behavior. And then after it happens enough times, you're just like, oh, no, that's just it. That's how life works. Yeah. And then you have to kind of like reverse. And that's I love there's um, this chick. Fuck, I can't remember her name, but her her son is Ross something. He's a record producer, produced a lot of the fucking corn albums. You probably Rick know. Ross. Not Rick Ross. Not Rick Ross. What am I thinking? <laughs> Ross something. He's Steve Evans. Robinson. Yeah. Ross. No, I, Ross. Ross Robinson? No, right. I don't know. But anyway, his mom is exactly a motivational speaker. About. And they were like, his mom, and she, I forget her fucking name, whatever. I'll put it in the notes. Anyway, but her big thing was change your story. Mm-hmm. You know, we tell ourselves a story of like, well, I'm just this. And when I was a personal trainer, people would be like, well, I'm just fat. I'm just I was like, well, no, you're not. You're you're a person. And then you are engaging in a behavior that is causing your body to retain extra calories because you're just your person who's coping mechanism is to eat more food than you need. So do you have fat on your body? Yes. Is it because of a behavior? Yes. So you're not like destined to be that way, but people get so it's like you were saying with people get in relationships with their parent, people who are like their parents, even if it's traumatic, because that's people would rather sit in the shit and the pain that they know, because then they're like, I'm a victim. This is me. Then because I got to tell you, honestly, to change like a thought pattern and move forward in a relationship and have to swallow your pride and be like, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I've been operating and doing shit the wrong way. And I've been, Oh, maybe, Oh, this it's painful because you go through all these different things where you're like, have I lost? I could have done all these things, everything in the past, but it's like, okay, but no, 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 but you can't go back in the past and change it. But you, so you're here now. So what are we doing now? And it is, it's a lot more comfortable to just be like, fuck it. I'm moving. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll just change my phone number or fuck it. This is just how I am. And instead of going, you know what? Let me take some constructive criticism and observations from people in my life who who you can look at the evidence. Like, okay, so these people love me and these are my friends or these are people, whatever. There's there's no other reason Mm -hmm. for them to be giving me this input. So maybe if I listen to it and be willing and open to change or maybe try something different, you know? Instead of going to this thing of like, well, that's just how it is. And that's how I am. It's like, okay, well, but maybe try this. And it's real uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's oh, so yeah. automatic. It's not fun. Yeah. To go outside. Well, even like, and it's the same, like, even this, like in like the stuff with Preston to like, when you feel like I want to just leave and it's like, like, you know, someone like, well, and I think that's super common. Just people being self-sabotaging. Yeah. In all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. But especially, I think it manifests in relationships a whole lot more than in like a person's I don't know job what or you're something. Talking about, <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Well. Yeah, but I've, see, and that's like, well, no, and I mean, and you know, nothing. But I, I think 
Hopefully, oh, you're about to say something very special. I could tell. No, I you know, I have nothing to say. I'm tired. I'm out. There we go. My well, yeah, we're right. done. You know, you guys. I, I think I think our time is about up. Um, yeah. So let's, oh, are you Doctor Katzing us right of, now? Jesus. A lot of progress here today. Uh, he Serena, is how do you feel? You, you've been a fantastic listener. Oh, thank you. I'm great. <laughs> you really, yeah, really therapy the shit out of this. <laughs> She did the best therapist job ever where she just was like, <laughs> asked a question, then went, and 15 minutes later, I will say something again. But yeah, I, I, wish, let you guys... I wish people could have the visual of how much Serena is listening through all of this. She's, <laughs> oh, very, she's therapy she's really the fuck very, out of this. She really is. <laughs> I feel better. How do you guys feel better? I feel great. Yeah. I'm tired. Oh, yeah. No, I'm tired. By, by great, by great, I meant <laughs> I've hit euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> You thought so I was you can maybe up. finally sleep? No, I'll be up for days. Putting on makeup because I feel so relieved. No, this oh. was great. And this was a fun and so good. So now we can go to um, so Zocto. Because I, I I'm actively looking at psychology yeah. today. I was looking at. Yeah, it's a good um, one. I would love to find a therapist. But again, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just I'm putting my myself in the position of a listener who's very poor and has terrible health insurance. <laughs> is there is there whatever. any way? I mean, is there <laughs> it's is not there, for me? Is I'm there not, government stuff or there schools? Are there any way to kind of hack the system financially? There's going through your insurance, which usually is probably Megan, my have, least favorite you have recommendation. Some, you have some crazy bullshit insurance, right, Megan? Yeah, I have covered California. It's terrible. Um, also going like looking at this is biased, but, you know, analytic training institutes in your area or PhD training programs that run community clinics. I was going to say, I live right by like some very fancy schools. Well, that might be a good place. to start. I swear to like God, UC- if you like end UCLA, up- UCLA has got to have some like come in and or USC. They've I thought you were going to be like, there's this really great. It's like a school church. It's something where they can't get yeah, theta. It's called right Scientology. The it's called, <laughs> I think it's, I think it'll be good. That is basically, I, but, since I, not me, a listener would be poor. Scientology would be a bad way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Since they want all of your money. No, yeah, but can't you run in and get a free uh, alien test for free? Yeah. Oh, yeah and then they would just free. be like, you are as fucked up, if not more fucked up than you initially thought. Please give, give us a thousand dollars. Here's a copy of Dianetics. Now, can you please go clean this bathroom for 12 hours? <laughs> That's what that would be. That sounds. Well, right, guys, actually, cleaning. can we end that? Can we end this so I can just. Dip across the street real quick and start yeah. my new life. We're talking. They, wear, sh- they all look like movie ushers. Great outfits. I yeah. need a new pantsuit, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go over there. Get me a pantsuit, dude. Scientology's the way to go. <laughs> hey, Serena, thanks for listening to this. You're like pinball thing, the pinball flippers. That's what you're like. Where you just sat here and you're like, bing, and we just banged yeah. around. <laughs> this was. I did not think this episode was gonna be this intense. Uh, Neither no, did I. I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased. Yeah, this is we, like we a real. We did a deep I'm dive. We did. I'm fully satisfied. I'm pretty into it. I'm pretty into it. I know. Thank this you was for great. Me. Thank yeah, you thank for you being here, Serena. Thank you. Okay. Well, I don't think we're fixed. That's what you get for getting out of bed, warming up your heart and clearing out your head. Out with your friends. I hope it never ends. I guess that's what you get.